Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, this is a really quickly developing neighborhood. I think this neighborhood is going to see a lot of action in the next few years here as it becomes the Iron District. We're talking about 7th and Michigan in downtown Milwaukee. This is downtown on the fringe of downtown, right? West Town. Yeah, West Town. Mm -hmm. And we're zeroing in on this 1960s mid-century former Greyhound station. This is like such a slice of mid-century architecture. It really is. So this was built in the mid-60s as part of a bigger project that included a 22 story tower that is still there, of course. The bus station was located in the parking structure. And I remember this from like, I had a a friend who lived in Waukesha, so we'd go there for the Wisconsin Coach Lines bus. And I would take it to Chicago to go record and book shopping. Oh, yeah. You got to take the Greyhound down to Chicago to get yes. your records. That's and it was cool. fun. It was so different back then because, you know, that you'd use this old station, which has not been used since 2007 when the intermodal opened and all of these things moved. So Greyhound was here at 7th and Michigan and yep. then moved to the big intermodal station on yep. St. Paul. Got yeah, it. where the Amtrak is mm-hmm. also right. But when you'd take the bus, you'd go to this older station. And then in Chicago, you'd get off on Randolph Street, which back then was like sort of like a dive street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just tons of like sort of divey bars and interesting things. One of the bus stations on Randolph, they actually like pulled the bus into the alley. It was very, very crazy. <laughs> okay. Bobby's uh, 1990s Greyhound memories, I guess, huh? 80s, but yeah. 80s, yes. Not that I'm old enough. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a former Greyhound station. What does it look like inside? Because you could definitely tell it still has that character. What's funny now is it's used for storage. So there's a bunch of stuff in the middle of the floor and they've kind of pulled out the old snack bar and the ticket counter, but you can still see where those were. So really, it's a lot like it looked back then. It's got, you know, just sort of like linoleum floors and plain kind of clean lines and stuff like you'd expect from a mid-century place. Kind of no-nonsense design. Yeah, very utilitarian. Kind of reminds me of the architecture on some of the buildings on UWM's campus. Oh, yeah, definitely. From the 60s buildings, yeah. Yeah. Bolton Hall. But still really great. Like, in the article, you can see photos of these spaces being really busy, and you can see them in context. And I feel like it kind of makes the building more, you appreciate it more when you see it filled with people of the era. Yeah, I felt like it was a nice juxtaposition to have pictures of how it looks now empty and how it looked back then when it was literally full of people. Like I said, I would go in there for the Wisconsin Coach Lines buses, and there were times you'd go into the station, and it was packed. There were tons of people in there. All right, well, coming up in the second part of our conversation, we're going to talk about the next chapter of this building, being that the Iron District is moving in right across the street. That's next on Urban Spelunking. Hey, Radio Milwaukee family, you tune in to us, and now we want to tune in to you. From now until February 17th, we'd love for you to spend a few minutes taking our listeners' survey. Your responses will let us know what you dig about what we're currently doing and give us feedback on how to make it even better. As an added incentive, all complete responses are entered to win a $150 gift card to Black Shoe Hospitality Restaurant. You can find our survey online at Radio Milwaukee or hyphen.org. 7th in Michigan inside the former Greyhound Station. We also should mention that there is a twin of this building in another city. Yeah, so the building that was long called the Clark Oil Building or the Clark Tower because it was owned by Clark Oil, which owned Clark gas stations. There is a bigger version of it that's in Memphis. Oh, okay. Yeah, same architects, 
same design except taller, and it apparently had a revolving restaurant on top. But it's been oh cool, it's been empty for a really long time. Although that one, interestingly, is on the National Register of Historic Places. But what's interesting about that is it's been vacant for so long, and there's been lots of plans about well, should we make it housing? Should what should we do with it? That it's sort of a similar situation here, except that it hasn't been vacant. It's been occupied the whole time with offices. But uh, developer Josh Jeffers bought it in 2017 as Class B office space. And that's a name we've talked about quite a bit on Urban Spelunking, right? Josh Jeffers, a lot of his projects. But then what happens, of course, is in 2020, there's the great office exodus, right? I mean, the pandemic comes, people start working at home. Right, right. You know, nobody wants office space anymore. But skip ahead, and there's the announcement of Iron District, which is going to be built literally across the street from the back of this building. It's going to be a hotel. It's going to be a concert venue. It's going to be a soccer stadium with yeah. a new professional soccer team. There's all the foot traffic and how— And I mean, housing, right? There's yeah. going to be apartments. It's so, so vibrant. Right. So suddenly he's got this 22-story building with an attached parking garage with a solar array on top and this big space that was the Greyhound station. And it could be apartments, right? It could be potential hotel, potential residential, potential continuing as office space, some combination of all of those. Plus he's got first floor retail and he's got this big space that was the bus station that could be a huge bar, huge restaurant, could be could be almost anything, right? And Literally in view of the Iron District. That is incredible how much can change in two years, right? I mean, right. So now he looks like a genius, right? <laughs> right? Now he's got this building that three years ago we would have been like, oh, poor Josh. Now he's got he's sitting on this building that's perfectly placed. I'm thinking about that with the backdrop of the recent Northwestern Mutual announcement where they're bringing so much of their workforce back downtown too. This shift in the future of in-person work is going to look like and it sounds like companies are really having to rethink this and keep an open mind, especially. Right. And you got to figure this is a kind of building, too, where if another company that was big wanted to come downtown and needed a lot of space, he's got 22 floors of office space. Right. I mean, he's, he does have tenants on him now, but I mean, there's a lot of potential. So what is his timeline and how does that sync up with? the Iron District's timeline? Well, at the moment, he doesn't have a timeline. I mean, he says that they're looking at options and that they're considering all kinds of different options for the space. I guess what's exciting to me is it's exciting that there's a lot of potential for this building that just a couple of years ago seemed like maybe it had very little potential. Yeah, I mean, really that whole area around 7th and Michigan where this is, after the Deer District, it, it seems like this has really become a real focal point. Just think about where it's located now. Across the street to the south is the future Iron District. Mm-hmm. Across the street, diagonal to the southeast, is the brand new Milwaukee Tool headquarters. Right. Just one block east is the announced new Kohl's store and the new offices for Fiserv. And then... To the northeast is the vastly growing convention center. A block or two to the west, you start hitting the edge of the Marquette campus. Plus, a block to the east also is that unbuilt portion of that parking lot across from the convention center that the city is really pushing to develop as well, too. So, I mean, it really is a place that now just suddenly feels like it's right in the heart of of everything that's happening. Well, as always, some great pictures in the article, plus a bit more history of the former Greyhound station. And Bobby, we're recording this right as we finished up a tour of a building that's like 110 years older than this, right? We were at an 1850s historic home. So we got that in the queue. Plus, we've got a discussion about Milwaukee's future museum that we're going to be bringing you soon. Yes, so people should... 
keep their dial tuned right here. <laughs> so make sure you're subscribed if you're not subscribed already. We've got some cool content coming up. Leave a comment, rate, and review the podcast, and we will talk to you next Thursday. Urban Spelunking here on 88.9 is edited by Kiri Salinas. And make sure, of course, you go to unmilwaukee.com. We've got a link to this story and all the other stories that we've talked about on any episode of Urban Spelunking. You can find a direct link to Bobby's complete story there. So make sure you do that. All right, Bobby, talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. <laughs>